You've tuned into Growth Point Church, and this is our podcast. Our prayer is that the messages provide an atmosphere for growth and grace in your relationship with Christ and an opportunity for you to gather together in community, whether online or in person. Now let's go into the message. But I'm going to start here today. John, the seventh chapter and verse 37, and it says, On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirst, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, someone say whoever, 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 whoever that is, whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, um, King James says, out of his belly, for today's purposes, we say out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Anybody need water in the room today? I need water. Verse 39 says, now this he said about the spirit whom those who believed in him were to receive for as yet the spirit had not been given because Jesus was not yet glorified. I'm going to go back to verse 38. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. I want you to say aloud with me these four words. Say, get in the flow. Say it one more time. Get in the flow. Father, bless this time, bless this word in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Someone say it again. Get in the flow. So there were um, four monkeys that were uh, put into a room. Um, and while they were in the room, at the center of this room, there was a tall pole. And at the top of the pole, there was bananas. All the monkeys, the four monkeys in the room, tried to grab the bananas at the top of the pole. But by the time they got to the top of, tried to get to the top of a pole, this cold shower started to spray on each of them and knock them back down. So they tried again to go back to the top of the pole to get the bananas. And every time they tried to go to the top of the pole, the cold shower would drop them down to the point that they stopped pursuing the bananas and just would sit there and look at the bananas. They took one of the monkeys out of the room and replaced it with a monkey who had not been in the room. As soon as the monkey got in the room, he saw the banana and started to charge up for the banana. The three other monkeys immediately yanked that monkey down, and the monkey realized, obviously, I'm not supposed to go after the banana. Over time, they replaced each monkey with monkeys who had not been in the room, had not experienced the shower, but each one of them mentally had been conditioned to not go after the banana. None of them had experienced the shower. None of them even attempted. But because none of them went after it, it was a psychological lesson. You don't go after the banana. There are many of you who have not experienced an authentic encounter with God because of the other monkeys in the room. 
because somebody else had a bad experience, you have been psychologically told, don't even pursue that. Don't even go after that. Because someone, hear this, a monkey that was no longer even in the room had an experience that the rest of them didn't have. But because it created and it, it created something in the room that said, we don't go after that. And there are many of you all right now who are in a season and in a moment or in a life where you have never experienced anything truly real because of what you have heard, but you've never experienced. You were wanting to go after it, wanting to pursue it, but because someone else said, we don't do that. We don't go after that. So you don't go after it and you never pursue it. And there are many people for many years who are okay with just a regular church experience and never experiencing God. There are many people who will see better and see more, but be afraid to go after more and better because everyone else around you is complacent where they are and okay. Today, church, I am, af I am after spiritual apathy. Where just enough is okay, but I'm scared to go after more because of what I heard about it. I was talking to one of our deacons earlier today and someone had sent me a message earlier this morning about how they were, um, they felt God finally leading them to connect to the church. And I told them that I didn't even know they were interested in connecting with the church, even though I knew that they come a lot, but I'd never, I don't ask that. And the reason that I don't ask people, do you want to join? I don't, I don't do stuff like that. And the reason I don't is because I, I know a lot of people's stories and a lot of people where they came from. And I do understand that hurt takes time to heal. I'm actually going to talk about that in a minute. It takes time to heal. So for someone to trust a leader, trust a new church or whatever, sometimes when you've had a cold shower experience or you've heard about cold shower experiences, you don't go after the banana or you don't go after God. You don't go after. Is there anybody in this room that will really be honest to say there are some things I want, but I'm afraid to go after it? Can we just be honest? Thank you. The one person. Yeah, just really be honest. And it doesn't even have to be God related. There are just some things that in life, psychologically, we have been conditioned to settle. Conditioned not to want. We have been conditioned to live vicariously through other people's posts while inwardly envious. We talk about that today, too about how we view, we look, we scroll, we come up with our own narratives based on our own things, whatever they might be. And we get to the point of settle and spiritual apathy. Could you be at a point in your life where there is a banana for you, but you're afraid to go after it? Take it out a monkey. Just put yourself in it. How many rooms have you been in where you left and everybody else got something that was for you, but you. 
I can't tell you how many times I have gone to, I, I remember when I was in college, I was watching actually this morning, I was talking to Dickens Reed about this and I was telling her one of the things about this current season in my life that I'm experiencing that I'm really having a hard time adjusting to is that a lot of my mentors from afar or spiritual heroes from afar are getting older. Today, when I was watching Bishop Jake's birthday and I was seeing that Bishop Noel Jones was preaching today, I can remember being a teenager or being in college and hearing him and seeing him rolling around on the floor and crawling, all that. I remember it. I remember that. I remember Jackie McCullough. I remember these people that may not mean anything to you, but I remember growing up and seeing Bishop Norman Wagner and these people that were younger. And now as I get older, they're starting to go across the scene. And now the banana is being passed to me. As younger Mario, I did not know the pressure that they were under. I had a different advantage because I wasn't a pastor and I didn't have everybody looking at me. I didn't have everybody sitting in these seats looking at me for perfection. I didn't. But now on this side of it, I'm like, I wonder what that was like. Not just to preach, but to carry the weight. The constant weight of it. Have you ever asked your mentor not how to do what you do, but what is it like to carry that weight? What is that like? And as I look at them now, I'm like, oh, my God, they're getting older and going off the scene. And here the baton is being passed to another generation. I'm asking, are we worthy to handle it? Do we have the discipline and the integrity? Can we fight through mess like they did before social media? Can we preach well publicly, even when we feel like we're living like hell privately? Can we do that? John, the seventh chapter and verse 37 says, and Jesus stood up on the great day of the feast and he cried out with a loud voice. He says, whoever is thirsty, he says, come to me and drink. If you got a thirst. He says, come to me, whoever, whoever is in the room, come to me and let him drink, which is to say, if you're going to come to God, you have to be able to identify that your thirst is real. You've got to be at the point that you're saying what I'm in, I need God to help me with. What I'm experiencing and what I'm going through, only God can help me through it. And he says, if you're going to come to me, he says, come to me in the midst of all these different things. Identify your thirst is real. And I'm going to go on because I can't stay there like I did last week. And he says, and believe on me as the scripture says. And I said this last week. I know some of you all weren't even here last week, but you can watch on YouTube. But I just want to say this one more time for the cause. Many of you all have to settle the issue of who God is in your life. Not who you think God is, but who God is in your life. Because if you can't settle the matter of who God is, that's going to be half of your issues and half of your problems. You've got to get to the point that you say, what I do know about my life is I know who's above my life. I know who is the head of my life. I know who is the Lord of my life. That is what I know. I don't care what they say on YouTube. I don't care what they say on blogs. I don't care what they say. What I do know is about God. They were singing this song this morning. It took me back a long time ago, the First Baptist Missionary, First Baptist Nicholasville. And they said, there are some things I may not know. There are some places I may not go. But one thing I am sure of is that God is real 
for I can feel him in my soul. You've got to settle in your life to say one thing I know is that God is real. Even when I can't feel him, I still know he's real. Even when I can't see him, I know he's real. Even when I can't trace him, I know he's real. Even when I don't think he, even when I think he's forgotten about me, I know that he is real because I have seen him with my own eyes. I might not have seen him physically, but I've seen him move mountains out of my way. I have seen him part red seas. I have seen him steal my mind. Is there anybody in this room that can lift your hands and say, I know he's real? It has nothing to do with paydays. It has nothing to do with him paying my bills. It has everything to do with him giving me breath in my body. It has everything to do with him keeping me in my right mind. It has everything to do with him sustaining me and lifting me and walking with me and talking with me and telling me that I am his own. And this joy that we share as we tarry there, none other can ever know. It's what I know is that he's real. 43 years of my life and all my life, he has been faithful all my life he has been so good to me and that's what I know is that he's real someone just say it he's real that's what I know and you have to settle that as the scripture says not as a book says but as the scripture says and some of us think that the Bible is just a book of literature it is not a book of literature it is a book of life it is a book of instructions. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not err, that I might not sin against him. Someone say, I need the word. I need the word. He says, believe on me as the scripture has says. Mama Higgins, I'm getting out of there. He says, believe on me as the scripture says. Then it goes on and it says, and I love the King James Version. Maybe it's because I got a little bit of apostolic church of God in Christ and Pentecost and all this stuff in me. But uh, King James Version says, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water before the contents of this lesson today i want to talk about it says out of your heart shall flow rivers when i think about my heart what is my heart it is my emotional mental seat out of my heart shall flow rivers of living water can i teach this today Ask the question to myself and I ask it to you. Have you ever checked the flow in your life? I teach today because the Cretans are back. It says, out of your heart shall flow. Have you checked the flow of your heart? Or, next question, have you ever wondered why there isn't a steady, continuous flow? Have you ever asked yourself, why do I not experience a steady flow of joy? Why do I not experience a steady flow of strength? Why do I not experience a steady flow of faith? Why do I not experience a steady flow of prayer? Why do I not experience a steady flow of worship? Why is my flow stagnant? Why am I all over the place mentally? Yesterday I was okay, today I'm not. I'm hearing you preach, but I'm having a hard time hearing you preach because my flow is off. 
you can take, and I'm telling you all this, I, I want you all, but those of you all, and I say that uh, Joanna, Joanna has known me since I was, Joanna's, you know, she just known me for a long time. That's all I want to say. I won't get into that. One of the hardest things for some of you all, I'm not using Joanna, I'm using her example, is that because some of you have known me so long, you can't hear me today. Sometimes knowing someone personally causes you to hit block them spiritually. So for some of you, you hear Mario, my brother, my cousin, my husband, my, my daddy, my brother, whatever. You hear that. When I stand here, my account and my representation of Christ is more important than my personal allegiance to you. Because he called me, the Bible says, be instant in season, out of season. Meaning when people look at you strange, people are sitting there saying, I don't know what he's trying to say. Be instant in all of that. But you have to ask yourself, as I have to ask myself, how is your flow in your life? Is there something that is blocking your flow? And I don't want you to ask anybody else that. I'm asking you that. What in your life? could be blocking your flow. Proverbs, the fourth chapter and verse 23 says this. Go there, Pastor Stacia. Proverbs, fourth chapter and verse 23 says this. Above all else, yes. guard your heart. Yes. For everything you do flows from it. Can you read it one more time for the people in the back? Above all else, guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. Now, there's a difference. Hold on. Don't y'all mess this up, Mama Joanne. There's a difference in being guarded and guarding your heart. Some of y'all are guarded from people. Because <laughs> we use that scripture, I don't deal with you because above all else, guard your heart. <laughs> I thought you heard. Above all else, guard your heart. <laughs> so I'm guarded from you. But Bible says the greatest command is to love the Lord your God. And the second is, and to love your neighbor. So you can't have relationships. You can't have authentic relationship with God. It's called koinia. It's a word called koinia. How, meaning, how can you love God who you've never seen, but hate your brother, take your brother out, your sister who you see every day. It's called koinia. You cannot exist in this kingdom world and only love God and not be dealing with people. There's a difference between being guarded and guarding your heart. Well, what is the difference, preacher? Glad you asked. What is guarding your heart? Guarding your heart is like a soldier or a security guard standing in front of a building to make sure only that which has access is able to come in. If you don't have access, you can't come in this space. What it means to guard your heart spiritually is that the word is there as a spiritual checkpoint. That anything that does not pass through the word, anything that does not pass through God or through prayer, does not have legal access to disturb your peace. So anything that you have allowed to keep you up at night might be trespassing. 
Anything that got you emotionally all over the place might be trespassing and not supposed to be there. What is in your life right now that's not supposed to be there? Not a person. What thought is not supposed to be there? What emotional thing are you dealing with that's not supposed to be there? What is passing? What is trespassing? Because the word is there to check it. He said, so above all else, guard your heart. Make sure that the word is there because everything you do flows from it. Meaning, everything you allow that comes in starts to flow. If you ever want to know what's in a person, watch what's coming out of a person. Can I teach this today? Some of y'all looking at me like I am boring you like a bad Netflix movie. If you want to ever find out what is what's going on in someone's life, see what flows from them. I can't tell y'all how many times within the last few weeks, the last few weeks, I feel like I've been in spiritual warfare like no other. And what has been what has constantly been in my mind is above all else, guard your heart. Be careful how you respond. Be careful what you say. Be careful what you do. Because everything you do is flowing from what's in you. So if anger comes out of you, then that means it was in you. All right, y'all want word for it? I got it. Someone say, he got it. I got time today. Matthew, the 15th chapter and verse 18. We got a lot of people on rails here. I got to preach this thing. Matthew, the 15th chapter, verse 18. Go there. But what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart. Didn't I just say it? AJ, did I preach the word? Say it again. But what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart, and this defiles a person. For out of the heart come evil thoughts. Stop it. They can't take it. Stop it right now. Just stop it. Stop. Just stop right there. Stop. Go back to verse 18. we got to gradually get the people there. They ain't ready. Verse 18. But what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart, and this defiles a person. So the scripture is talking about it is not what goes into you that defiles you. It is what comes out of you. It was talking about when people say, you know, well, if you eat that, that that's, you, know, you can't eat that. He said, no, it ain't about what you eat. It ain't about that. He says, whatever's in you, what comes out of you is what defiles you. What comes out of your mouth. You know, I, I remember growing up, Mama, uh, um, Emma, and people used to say stuff like this. Maybe y'all never heard anybody say like this. I've been in church nine months before I had a, a, a choice in the matter. Uh, but I remember uh, people used to say stuff like they would get mad and they would say, you going to make me lay my religion down. You heard anybody say anything like that? And I used to think to myself, I would never say it publicly because I was just a children. Just a child. Keon says all the time. I was just a child. And I would ask myself, anything you can lay down, you must never had. Because if you can, if someone can make you lose your joy, if someone can make you lose your peace, my question to you is, who is God in your life? Because if someone can throw off your whole day like they messed up my whole day I was having a good day until them really like someone is gonna it happened at nine o'clock so from nine to five you thrown off because of five minutes because of somebody you have to learn above all else guard your heart 
What I'm saying is there, there comes a time, and I do it all the time. I do it all the time. I don't always say it publicly, but I'm doing it inwardly. A lot of times before I go into certain environments, before I around certain people and stuff like that, I say to myself, check yourself. Check yourself. Or I'll say, something, I'll say things to myself like, Lord, be a fence around me, please. Be a guard and a gate on my mouth. Lord, close my, close my ears, close whatever. Don't let me be disturbed because they live a disturbed life. Don't let their emergency become mine. I'm trying to free y'all in this church. You have to get to the point that you can be around him and her and whoever they are. Yours, mine's, ours, do it for hours, whatever. You can be around all these different people. Glory to Jesus. You can be around all these different people and not lose yourself. You just have to make sure that you can go in and come out and never lose yourself. Come on. That's what Daniel did. He was around the lines and still didn't come out bitten. That's what God wants you to do, to go through things but come out okay. All right. I just want to let y'all know I don't listen to amazing grace all the time. All right. Verse 18. He said, but what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart, and this defiles a person. Verse 19. Now let's go. We're ready. For out of the heart come evil thoughts. Yes. Murder. Yeah. Adultery. Yeah. Sexual immorality. Yeah. Theft. Yeah. False, false witness. Slander. Now, this is the part right here. Leave that scripture right there. Don't take it down. All right. I know you want to. Don't. <laughs> right here, some of us mess up in church, Vita, right here. We keep trying to change what you do on the outside without dealing with what's going on on the inside. So preachers, religions, and organizations spend so much time on sin and rarely talk about your heart. And my question, and the real issue is, we really only spend time talking about the sin we think God doesn't like. So whatever is a hot spiritual topic, that's what we preach about. So whatever everybody else is talking about, whether that be gender norms, gender equality, or whatever those different things, if that's a hot topic, then we change our message to make other people feel uncomfortable because that's what makes me uncomfortable. But my real question is, are you really uncomfortable or are you on the DL? Because what I have learned over time is that the people who are usually the most judgmental got something they don't want you to know. Preach, Mario. So you judge me to deflect from yourself because you don't want me to know. I was talking to Mel just the other day. We went out to eat at Jay Renders. And my wife, she works at a certain place that deals with, uh, um, um, can I say that? Can I, am I, it deals with a certain place that deals with homosexuals and different things like that. And I told her, I said, you know what bothers me? Is that I get messages from people who want to come to Growth Point, but won't come to Growth Point because they're afraid of church people. And not only they're afraid of church people, they said, I don't want to come to Growth Point because I don't want them to start questioning you. And y'all say, why would they question you? Because I'm questioned all the time. You know your pastor, you know he. You know your pastor, he. You know Mel, do you are you sure? I'm, I'm the most realest pastor y'all gonna ever have in your life. 
I wonder, I'm confused. I saw him in a picture with. I saw him down at a conference, and I didn't even see Lady Mel nowhere in the pictures. <laughs> Y'all be thinking I was born today. <laughs> Pastor Mario be at everybody's event, and I'll never see her. I wonder what he's got going on with him. And why don't I address it? Because it's coming from your heart. So if you got that much commentary, you got a heart issue. You ain't got a Pastor Mario issue. You got a heart issue. Because what is it for transgender, for gay, for lesbian, or for hookers, or for uh, liars and thieves and adulterers and sexual immorality and false witnesses to come to growth point? What difference does it make? Everybody's got to go through the blood. What difference does it make? Who cares? And all these church people, you're right. It's from your heart. I told a brother one time, I said, what my issue is, say, just give you all an example to let y'all know how uncomfortable it is. Just say, uh, 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 I, why am I talking about this today? Dear God, just say, a homosexual comes to the church, and, I, and this is what bothers me. I'm so sorry. We say homosexuality and lesbianism like it's a plague. Right, right. That's right. That's Y'all know what I'm saying? That you know they gay. What? You smoke weed. <laughs> you smell like a tree. I'm saying, well, you know what I'm saying? Like, y'all, we do that like gay and lesbian. It's a shame before God. You ashamed before God because you want God to bless you financially and you don't even tithe. You want to call it out? Call it all out. I'm so happy for what my church is doing. And you ain't gave to nothing the church is doing. All right. Let me come back. But what bothers me, to put it in context, Adana, is about homosexuality, just talking about that. Say someone comes in here. Mind you, for those of you, someone told me a long time ago, they said, you know, Pastor Mario, you're always talking about, you know, homosexuals and transgenders and stuff that come into the church. They said, you know, they've been here. I said, I didn't get the memo. <laughs> Why? Because I don't look at people based on what they're in. I don't see you and a name tag on you to identify what you in. I could care less. I see you as a name and as a person. And when I call you, I call you Joanne. I call you uh, uh, Kayla. I call you by your name. I don't call you by your issue. And who's to say that if you're in something, it's your issue. All right, moving on. Let me move on. All right. So say, I'm going to get out of this. So hey, I'm trying. So say... Some of y'all who watch me right now are canceling me, especially my apostolic, my Pentecostal friends right now. Y'all cancel. I've been canceled. Who cares? Anyhow, so say a homosexual comes to the church, guy comes to church. He comes here, wants a new life, says, I don't want to be in that lifestyle anymore. I feel God changing me out of that. Say that happens. Then all of a sudden, he says, do y'all have a men's ministry? 
He wants to join the men's ministry or the men's group. That's good and admirable. But then the wife says, don't get close to him. Because you know what he just came out of. You see how sanctified, quiet y'all are right now? So he wants to belong somewhere. Wants to be connected somewhere. So what happens when you come out of a thing, but the thing you came out of wants you more than the thing you're trying to go into? What happens when you came out, but what you came out of seems to love you and has more loyalty to you and communes with you and cares for you more than the thing you're trying to go into? You try to go to church, but church is ostracizing you and pushing you aside and judging you and say, oh, no, no, no. Oh, no, no. God loves you, but I'm still working on it. But their community says, come drink with me. Come spend time with me. Let's play games together. Let's talk. But the church is saying, I don't know. I don't know. So you got somebody who's in Lodabar in between places belonging nowhere wanting to be somewhere but nobody wants to deal with them but God and then you get upset with them when they commit suicide I want them to get delivered be delivered to go where where do they go when I come out of it? Who accepts me? Who loves me? Who wants to be in my life? Because every time I try to shake somebody's hand, they be like, hey, God bless you. God bless you. As if you can get gay by shaking my hand. Like it's a cold, like it's COVID, like it's something that you got to wear a mask for. Church church of the living God we need help we need help we from the pulpit to the pew all of us need help because we are judging people and you're gonna be surprised who might get to heaven you're going to be surprised who might be in the choir of heaven you didn't let them on the worship team here because they were shifting and switching but you might be surprised when you get to heaven they'll be like when we all get to heaven you might be surprised they might be up there because you didn't deal with them out there but Jesus said long ago down on my knees long ago the old account was settled and the record is proof today that the old account was settled I want somebody to open your mouth and say God settled that thing years ago but if you got issues with somebody that's in one of those categories it's something coming from your heart Because you cannot judge someone outside of you until you first look at what's inside of you. Because every last one of us can look at ourselves on this list. 
I ain't murdered nobody with a gun, but you have slandered. Slandered and been a thief. I ain't been a thief. Will a man rob God? But yet you have robbed me. You won't even give to me, but you won't from me. All of us can find ourselves on this list. And if you're on the list, God can help you on the list. But you've got to be honest with yourself to say, Lord, help me. Do me a favor. Point to yourself. Say, Lord, help me. Dear God, Brandon, I didn't need me to stay on that that long. God have mercy. Jesus. Leonard Sweet says, is this blessed anybody? I'm so, I just. This is why they won't let me in the National Baptist Convention. Because I. I'm sorry, Peter. They. <laughs> they got a convention in Louisville this week. They said, you coming? I said, they don't want me. They don't want me. Leonard Sweet says this. I'm almost over time. I'm, I got to get out of this. God have mercy. It says, Leonard Sweet says, put this up there, Ari. Thank you for being so good. Thank you, uh, Melvin. It says, our pews are occupied by people who want to be moved, but who don't want to move. <clears throat> our pews are occupied by people who want to be moved, but don't want to move. In other words, you want to experience a move, but don't want to change. We ready? Y'all ready? Can I go for it? Now give me 10 more minutes. I'll be out of here. At least I think so. Genesis, the first chapter. Read this, Pastor Stacia. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. <laughs> they said, Jersey, the waters. <laughs> <laughs> Some of y'all in Kentucky like the what? <laughs> I heard y'all. It's water. <laughs> but in New Jersey, it's like the waters. <laughs> Sometimes I have her say stuff all the time. I say, what'd you say? She said, shut up. <laughs> I don't know where Jalen went. Uh, he had something that was mine. I don't know where he went. Okay, somebody else got it. Okay, good. All right. It says, in the beginning, God created in the beginning, God created, which I want to say there's a creator in all of you. How do I know this? Because the Bible says in, in our likeness and in our image, we were created. God said, let us make man in our image. So if God is a creator, you're a creator. Will you do me a favor and just tell somebody? It's the first time I told you all this whole message. Tell somebody you are a creator. You are a creator. There's, you know, gone in the days, somebody saying the creatives. We've always been creative. Always. Some people just didn't know it. You are a creator. In the beginning, there was nothing in place before he created it. I want to give that a word to somebody else. While you're waiting for something to be in place, create something in the place. You don't have to have anybody in place. He said, in the beginning, there was nothing. He says, and he created, and it says, and now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the face of the deep. Darkness was over. It was formless. Formless means that it was, it was desolate. It means that there was no life. That means that it had no livable place. It was just chaos everywhere. There was nothing. That's what it means. In the middle of chaos, God created. 
in the middle of a desolate place that you could not inhabit. I talked about desert last week, talked about wilderness last week. In a place of isolation or desolation, God created. I'm going to tell you something right now. Some of y'all are waiting until you come out to create, create while you're in. Some of the greatest inventions came in the midst of tragedy or in chaos. Some of the greatest things people did, did it in COVID while they were locked up. Some of the greatest books that have been written, people, they did it while they were isolated and at home in desolation. They created what I'm saying to you. I don't care what you're in right now. Create, not create post. Create something. Because God has placed a creative DNA inside of you. So in the midst of there being formed and empty, God created. He says, and darkness was over the face of the, the deep. He says, and all these different things, he says, he says, but God created. But this is the part I want to get to. Dickness, this is the part I want to get to. Put that scripture up there real quick, uh, um, Ari. It says, now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the spirit of God was hovering over the waters or the waters. It says, and the spirit of God here. There's a difference for those of you who are English majors. There's a difference in the word, but and and anytime you see the word, but it cancels out everything before it. But the way the spirit of God moves, he doesn't have to cancel things out for the spirit of God to still be present. He says it was dark. It was empty and there was no form and my spirit was there. He says it was nothing going on. There was chaos, but my spirit was there. Is there anybody that can be real honest that you've gone through some situations and times in your life and you were talking about what you were going through, but you also had to say, but God is there, but God is there. Can anybody just say, I was crying, but I felt God. I was driving here, but I felt God. I felt like giving up, but I also felt like going to God. Is there anybody that can say two truths were happening at the same time? Chaos and God. Desolation and God. Joy and sorrow. Two things happening at the same time. You, you have to be careful of dealing with me while in between seasons. Because on one side is God. On the other side is giving up. But if you stay here long enough, I'm going to hold on in the middle of it. Somebody say, hold on in the middle of it. The earth was formed and empty. Doctors was over the deep and God was there. Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. I love that today. The spirit of God was over the waters. The spirit of God was over the waters. The spirit of God was over the waters. What does it mean over the waters? It gives a mental imagination, AJ, of a, a, a fowl, an eagle, or a bird sitting on some eggs. Why do they sit on eggs? Because something's getting ready to hatch. So I've got to protect it. New life is under me. So I've got to sit on it to protect it. When it says that the spirit of God was over the water, there was darkness and there was chaos. But the spirit was sitting over it saying, I know there's chaos, but I'm going to sit on top of it until something new comes from it. I'm going to sit here until whatever I created you to be starts to take shape. 
Can we give God praise for him sitting with us and sitting on us and sitting on my mind and sitting with me and talking with me and not getting up until I become what he called me to be and not getting up until I become what he destined me to be. The spirit of God was sitting over the water. <laughs> get in the flow. Someone say get in the flow. I need that. I need my thing real quick. Yeah. Just just one of them. Just the first. You come up here, Brandon. Come up here. Yeah. Come on. I'm going to use you twice in one month. Come on up. Come on up. Don't fall like I did last week. All right. The first thing, if you're going to get in the flow, the first thing is you have to have, you go, the blessed are you who write notes, you should see the kingdom of God. <laughs> if you're going to get in the flow, the first thing is, you have to have availability. Give me that, that real quick. I can't pour into anything that I don't have. If I don't have you, I can't use you. Milton Brunson Choir saying, Lord, I'm available to you. My will I give to you. God might have your seat, but does he have your heart? Out of your heart shall flow. How do I flow? I got to be available. This is designed, hear this, this is designed for something to flow through it. But you won't know your full potential if you don't release yourself to be. All of you are designed to have a flow, but some of you don't know your full potential because you just stay on the rack. I had to go to the store to get something that's designed to operate. Jesus went to the store of your life and bought you so that you could flow. You've already been paid for. But are you flowing? He says, you've got to be available. Oh, that's the first thing. All right. Can I go deeper? Got to be available. The next thing is, you got to be accessible. Have accessibility. Let's pull this out. Let's be accessible. Brandon, excuse me, Pastor Brandon, Pastor Colbert, Pastor Brandon J. Colbert. <laughs> you know, the you got to put the J there. He said, I know. But anyhow, Brandon, Pastor Brandon, represents water. All right? This represents availability. He's accessibility, which means my availability has to be connected to accessibility. <laughs> In order for me to flow, I've got to be connected from connected to something that flows. You can't flow if you're not connected to a source of flow. When Jesus says, come unto me if you're thirsty, I need you to be accessible. I need you to connect with me because I got everything that you need. I need you to be available, but a part of your availability is you got to be accessible when I want to plug you up. 
when I want to connect you and when I need you. When you run low on empty, when you run low of strength, when you run low of peace, when you run low of joy, stay connected. Scripture says over in John, abide in me and let my words abide in you. I want somebody to say, stay connected, stay connected, stay, stay connected. I have never watered my grass. I don't do it often anyway. But I have never watered my yard without it being connected to a source. Because where's the water going to come from? Come on a little bit. I was watching the video last week. They had you all out of the video. I want them to see you. It's got to be connected to the source. That's the first thing. The next thing is, so I've got to be available. This is availability. It's availability. This is accessibility. It's connected to him. Just hold it. Connect. The next thing is, last thing is, agility. Get in the floor. I've got to be available, have availability. I've got to have accessibility. And I have to have agility. What is agility? It is the ability to move and flow when it's time. Okay. This right here. Pastor Yam, can we come on this side? Thank you. Pastor Guillaume, don't hold it. Pastor Guillaume is water, flower, grass, whatever that needs to be watered. I'm available to flow. I'm connected to what flows. This is what needs to be poured on. So I'm ready to pour on Pastor Gill. But sometimes, Kimroy, can you come in real quick? Sometimes I can't flow the way I need to flow because, come here, Pastor, uh, I should call you Pastor Kimroy. I'm sorry, Kimroy, hold my microphone real quick. This is supposed to flow, but it gets tangled up right here. So what he needs, I can't give him because I got a blockage somewhere in my heart. So anytime the water, hold this, anytime the water or anytime an available instrument is tangled up, instead of it flowing correctly, Get out the way for a second. It starts to jerk all over the place because it's trying to get out, but it can't get out because somewhere there's been tangled up. Y'all sitting here looking at a hose, but look at how violent your life is and how you can't have authentic relationships with people, your family, your children, your church, and everybody because what was designed to flow authentically can't flow because of what's in your heart. So you got a violent praise. Can't serve in church because you're all over the place. Can't spend time with your children because you're just all just tangled. And everybody knows you tangled but you. 
this knot right here. And you should ask the question, does it hurt? How long are you going to be designed to do something that you can't even do? Because you would rather be violent than be free. Because in order to be free, hold this, deliverance takes work. Healing takes work. Some of y'all, hold on, let me go back. Some of y'all want God to untangle you. God, in the name of Jesus, Yarabashaya, Father, Elohim, Adonai, God of the Most High, God of our weary years, God of our silent tears, God who has brought us thus far on the way. Oh, you've been a mama to the mama. You've been a father to the fatherless. Oh, God, I've seen you do it before. Untangle me, your servant. Oh, untangle my child. Oh, untangle my child. Untangle my church. And God says, I'll untangle it if you do the work. It ain't God you need. It's your hands you need. That's why I pray. That's why I read. That's why I do this, because I need to be untangled. Is there anybody that's saying, I'm doing the work right now? So I'm available. I've got accessibility. This person needs to be watered and filled with his spirit. But sometimes the vessel that God wants to use to fill the spirit can't be filled because you all tangled up. But when you get untangled... You're able to flow freely. Now, this is the part. I got one more thing. I got one more thing. Can I tell y'all one more thing? Some of y'all, I told y'all this last week. Some of y'all are like, well, what happens when I get the spirit in my life? Like, do I speak in tongues? Uh, like, I mean, like, what exactly does it mean to be feel? I mean, like, what if I'm all over? I mean, what if my people think I'm weird because I got the spirit in my life? Like, like, what does that happen? So you think that God is more concerned about you just, just, how do I say this? About you being poured out with no aim? <laughs> Y'all missed it. See this right here? If I leave it like this, even though I plan to water him, I might drench him because there's nothing on here. Give me that. But hold on. I know where I'm going. But listen. But when he feels you, he also knows how to tame you. To make sure that only what you need comes out. He won't give you too much. He'll only give you what you can handle. And there are some of you who you are ready, you're available, you're accessible, but you ain't got no muzzle on that thing yet. 
So you just go on everybody. I call you out in the name of Jesus. I speak to you in the name of Jesus. You need a muzzle on that thing. You need love and peace and kindness and long suffering and gentleness and all that type of stuff. He'll put a muzzle on you so that you don't speak in tongues and still speak in hate. He will guide you and control you, not just so you can get watered, but so you can water other people. Look at a few people say, get in the flow. I'm through. Just get in the flow. Get in the flow. Get in the flow. Tell somebody, get in the flow. There is a flow that God has for you that he wants to give to you. Give me my uh, water. I thought I was through with. Just give it back to me one more time. I'm through. He wants to give you his spirit. I don't know how else to say this. When I, was, when I think about going back to how I started my message, musicians, I'm finished. I know. They don't know when to come in half the time. I understand it. I know. I get it. I can follow me either. When I think about Bishop Noel Jones, when I think of Bishop Jackie McCullough, when I think of Bishop Jacobs, and I think of all these people who have been assigned with carrying the mantle of holiness and carrying the spirit of God, we're in a generation now where people would rather be all over the place in their life than to just have a flow. What would scare me more is being tangled up for 20 years. What would scare me more is being in church all your life and never experiencing the God of your life. What would scare me more is not getting his spirit. What would scare me more is dying and never being free. Having the ability, having the vessel that can be used, but never allowing him to use me. Because I'd rather stay tied. I'd rather tie. My mama was tied up. My daddy was tied up. It hurts. They hurt me. They like all the. How long are you going to keep singing the same old song? I'm telling you, I was, I was telling um, um, someone, I don't know who I still know, they probably mail somebody, I don't know. I have more people who are constantly interested in what, is, is what you do, what I saw and what I seen and all that type of stuff. And I'm asking myself, in my, in my, in my soul, I'm asking, how long you want to be tangled up? And somebody else's affairs. I'm not talking about affair. I said affairs. Somebody else's life. You don't know what somebody is dealing with and struggling with. Hear this. While you're still holding on to the past you remember, you don't know what God has done in between. But because you remember hurt, and you remember them how you remember them. Are you still tangled up and they free? I'm asking you. I'm just, it's a question. Who's really tangled up? Because while you're upset and mad and frustrated, they are free. Church, I'm asking you a question. You who are supposed to be saved. Supposed to have the spirit of God, I'm, I'm through, uh, I'm Mary. Supposed to have the spirit of God flowing through you. 
When's the last time you checked your flow? I'm, I'm asking you. When's the last time you checked? Every time I see them, it does something to me. Why? Every time I run into them, it makes me feel some type of way. Is that some type of way spiritual? Are you dealing with a demonic spirit? Because the spirit of God comes to flow. He does not come to tangle. But if you got envy and hurt and maliciousness and anger and mad, and if you're looking at people sideways, it's coming from your heart, from your tangled heart, not from God's flowing spirit. Jesus said, the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus said, but I come that you might have life. Life more abundantly. That's all I got for y'all today. I ain't got no hoop. I ain't got no holler. I ain't changing keys five times. I'm asking you. I'm asking. I have a prayer today for spiritual apathy. How long are you going to settle for staying tied up? How long are you going to be? How long will you be triggered? There's a grass that needs to be watered. There's a young lady that needs to be helped. There's a young man that needs to be helped. There's a young family. There's a young community. There's a Lexington that needs your help. But you can't flow if you're tangled. There are people in here who have been divorced and separated and, and don't, don't, don't even want to be bothered with church no more. But you can't even help them as long as you tangle. And I'm going to tell y'all something. I'm through. I feel my righteous indignation. Let me tell y'all something. Some of y'all tangled people stop praying for others. I don't want you to pass your tangled self onto nobody else. Let me pray for you. No, I fought too hard to be untangled. I fought too hard to come out of this thing. Don't you reach me in no bathroom. Don't you try to prophesy to me in the parking lot. If you can't be untangled, don't try to tangle me. I fought too hard to overcome addiction. I fought too hard to be in my I fought too hard. I fought too hard to get out of hell, to live in hell. Stand to your feet all over the room. Church. I am just the vessel. I have delivered the message. It's up to you what you do with it. I'm saying, church, today, as your pastor, your brother, your friend, whatever you want to call me, don't let the purchase of Jesus go to waste. I went to Walmart and bought this. I'm going to return it. And I'm going to say there was a defect. Y'all, I'm going to get my money back. <laughs> but does Jesus want his money back on you? Does he want his money back on your life because you haven't allowed him to flow through you? He wants to baptize you with his spirit. He wants you to have a flow but you would rather be tangled than flow. So I want everybody today, I'm going to close my eyes so that you don't feel judged. 
but everybody under the sound of my voice who would, who would be honest today and say, I want to give God my tangle. I want you to just come up to this altar right now. Everybody who said, I want to give God my tangled heart, my tangled mind, my tangled soul, my tangled relationships, my tangled mind, my tangled family, my tangled whatever. Just come on up. Come on. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm just tangled. That's it. I'm just, I want to admit it. I'm, I'm tangled. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your prayers and generous support that grant us the opportunity to do ministry. Now, this connection doesn't have to end here. Visit our website, engage with our social platforms, comment, review, screenshot, and share your growth with others. And until next time, keep growing.